Well, good morning, Thrive Church. My name is Pastor Sheldon Miles. I'm the lead pastor here. We're glad that you're with us this morning in, in our service. Uh, I want to welcome all those who are watching online uh, this morning. We are in a relationship series called Ever After, and uh, that's what that video is all about. You see, I think there's sometimes there's a lot of couples who are kind of building their, their relationships uh, like Handy Dan there, and uh, we, we learned that it takes a little bit more time, a little bit more foundation work. Before I get into that message this morning, uh, uh, I just want to remind you of the impact cards. We talked about this uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, this was in most of your bulletins this morning. I just want to encourage you uh, to give towards impact, to make that commitment, and you can turn this into the, uh, the giving boxes as you leave today. And also, just uh, this is just kind of awkward here, but... Last week, I did a, a sermon illustration. How many of you remember that, that sermon illustration with my, my hat collection? And uh, this is kind of awkward, but I think maybe a couple of hats may have fell off onto the floor, and maybe you picked up some of those hats, and, uh, and maybe if you could maybe get that back to me. In particular, there is one that I do need as the chaplain for the Wausau Fire Department. I do need that as a representative. So if you could, maybe if you help me find, maybe they're under a chair or something, uh, I, would, I would greatly appreciate that. And then just one last announcement here, and this is for all the guys. This is for all the guys. So all the ladies, just go, you know, you can look online or on Facebook or whatever for a second. But guys, Tuesday, Valentine's Day. You're welcome. All right, let's get right back into this. All right, get right into this message. We're talking about ever after, ever after, and there's so many fairy tales, stories that we grew up or we watched the videos, and, and the ending of the video, we love the movie because at the end, they lived happily, happily ever after, and I really think that's what that's really what we long for. We love those movies. We just because that's our vision. That's our dream for those that that one relationship. This is the one that is going to end happily ever after. But I think that there's a lot of people who are they and they jumped into a they got into a relationship, and it's not as happy as they thought. And I just, I, I kind of wonder why is, why, is that, why is it like this? And I think like in this video that we watched here, I think sometimes we build our relationships on maybe a shaky foundation or maybe we do this. Maybe we're building that relationship out of order. You know, I talk about shaky foundations. We believe that if we could just find the one, if I just found that one person, and we're, we're kind of in, in search of mode of finding that one person who will, that one, that one line from that movie, uh, oh, I forget the name of it, but, but when he says, you complete me. Jerry Maguire, yes, 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 yes. You completely, and, and a lot of people, are there, they have a shaky foundation in their, mar in their marriage or maybe in their relationships because that is what they're pursuing, that one who will complete me. And then, and, and then sometimes we go into relationships and we have shaking foundations because we have what, what I would call unrealistic expectations. 
Maybe, ladies, maybe, maybe I just need the one. Because when I find the one, I will have found true romance. Right? We had true romance. And, and my, my, my Romeo, he'll come home every night and he's got flowers, candy, long talks along the beach. We will cry together. He will rub my shoulders and my feet. He will cater to all my needs, and we will sit back every evening and join HGTV and, and Hallmark Channel. And, and you know what I love about him? He's so crafty, and he can fix anything, anything. And guys, we have that one. We have that one. And oh, Juliet. Oh, she's beautiful. She's more than beautiful. She's hot. She's smoking hot. <laughs> I come home to a smoking hot wife every night, and boy, that dinner tastes so good, and it's right there, right as I come in the house. You know what her, her meals taste like? They taste just like mom's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm building it up here, ain't I? Tastes just like mom's, and the house is spotless, and oh, she cannot wait because tonight is Monday night football. And you know what I appreciate about her? I appreciate about her that she appreciates my man cave. She doesn't go into my man cave. But the thing I appreciate about her, she's so smoking hot. And every night she walks around in that little nightgown of hers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you say unrealistic expectations? <laughs> but we have those. We have those expectations. Because when I find the one, that's the way that one is going to be for me. But things get ugly when we wake up one day and we find out, wait a second, that's not the one that I was hoping for. That's not the one that was promised to me. And we find out that really the only one that we really need, the only one who will really fulfill our greatest need is found in God. And so in our hurry to find the one, sometimes we get things out of order, out of order. It's kind of like building a house. A handy Dan was helping us out here to build a house. We, we know that there is an order to building a house. I'm not, I'm not a craftsman here, but there is an order. It starts with number one. You have to have a strong foundation, right? You have to have a strong foundation. And then you need, then you put on some sturdy walls and then you have like, and then you put on the durable roof. You don't, you don't build the roof. You don't, the roof is not the foundation. The roof is the roof. We, we don't get them confused. And, and so we build these things in order. And when these things are out of order, there's always disorder. Let me say that one more time. When we build our relationships that are not in order, we get disorder. And there's a lot of relationships that are out of order. Well, the, the, the typical order is this. You meet somebody and you start dating. Then you, you get engaged because I found the one. And then that beautiful ceremony, you, you had that beautiful wedding ceremony and then you start having children and then, and then we buy our first home and then we get a dog because we don't like cats. 
Yes, amen, amen, right there. I had to put that in there. You don't, you don't get, if you get a cat, that's out of order, all right? <laughs> What's that? Two cats? Can I have security, please? <laughs> security, okay. But then, but again, in the pursuit of the one, sometimes we can get things out of order. Because again, we have this unrealistic expectation. When I have this one, I will be complete. Sometimes the out of order might look like this. You meet somebody, you go on a date, and you decide on that date that you're gonna live together. And then you get a dog. And then there's children. And then there's engagement. And maybe one day we'll get married. And there's a lot of pain that happens in people's lives. Maybe some of you are here today and you're like, yeah, it was something like that. There's a lot of pain and hurt when we do things out of order. Because wherever we, whenever we do relationships, whenever we pursue ever after relationships out of order, there's always disorder that happens. And so that's the title of today's message. I want to call this In Order. Everybody say In Order. order. You know, we're never going to have an everlasting relationship if we go after them like everyone else. If we do do like everyone else, we're never going to have the everlasting, ever after relationship that God is looking for. Here's Here's a tagline. If you want an ever after relationship like no one else, you must keep first things first. Keeping first things first. Because building an everlasting relationship calls for us to prioritize order. Order. You see, in your relationships, God makes, God, God made your number one and your spouse is number two. Your significant other is number two. Let me say that one more time. In your relationships, if we're going to have order in our relationship, then we need to make God our number one and our spouse, our significant other, number two. Let me say that just one more time. If we're going to have order in our relationships, God must be number one. Whoever else is always number two. You see, when I look into my Bible, and Garrett talked on this a little a few moments ago. We didn't really, we didn't really talk about this, but our God knows relationships. He knows relationships like no one else. He created us to have a relationship with him. I want you to know that here today that God does not want your religion. God's greatest desire is to have a relationship with you, and he's given you all that you need to have a relationship with you. I know that our God is about relationships because if you look at the Ten Commandments, it's all about relationships, The first four of the Ten Commandments, they're guidelines for relationships. The first four, they deal with relationship with God. You look at the next six, the last six, and they all deal with having a relationship with each other. I'm not going to get all caught up in the the Ten Commandments right now. I want to continue on. But I want you to know that when we look into the Word of God, we see that where did marriage come from? You see, our God is all about relationships. He is the creator of of marriage, and he has given us all that we need to have a healthy, ever-after relationship 
with God and with our spouse. Look at this. Here's, here's to prove my point. Matthew 22, 37 through 39. This is considered the greatest commandment. And it's broken up into two parts. The greatest commandment is this. And it all deals with relationships. He says, the first thing that you need to notice is God prioritizes order in relationships. God prioritizes order. Love God Love people. Look what he says here in verse 37. He says, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. You see, I I want you to know here, God has no problem putting himself first. He has no problem. Because he's saying, listen, I'm telling you, you get this, this first part right, everything else will fall into place for you. But the only way you're going to have happiness and peace and joy, the only way that you're going to find what you're looking for out in this, in this world is to make God first. So God has no problem putting himself there. And he tells us that an everlasting and ever after relationship must be built on the foundation of love. Every relationship that is ever after, anything that makes a difference in our life, it's built on the foundation of love. What is love? There's two tenses of this love that is talked about here. This is not talking about a worldly love. This is talking about a godly love. The word is agape. Everybody say agape. That's the Greek word. And this is a love that is of and from God. This is God's kind of love. Now, I've had the world's love before, and and that's okay, but the world's love just never satisfies until I discovered God's love. And I found a love that is just magnificent. It's unfailing, it's it's undying. As far as the east is from the west, it will never fail. I want God's love in my life. And so it's agape, and that is the noun tense. But the verb, but the uh, the verb tense is. We know this verb is an action. This is agapeo. Everybody say agapeo. Agapeo. I don't think I'm saying it right, but we're going to say agapeo love. This is God's love in action, and it is not. Listen to me. God's love is not a reaction based on a feeling. God's love is never a reaction. Hey, you did something nice for me. That made me feel really good, so I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna do something nice for you. That's not what it's about. It's not a reaction based on a feeling, but it is an action based on a decision. I'm going to love you because I choose to love you. Even the word of God says that even when we rejected him, even when we despise God, that Jesus still loves us, that he went to the cross to die for us. It is the ultimate commitment of ourselves to another. So in order for us to fully love someone else, we must fully learn to fully love God. Love God. What does he say? What, what, what does God want from us? What, what is his desire? Well, first of all, he says, I want your heart. I want your heart. Because when he has our heart, he is the priority. Whatever has your heart is the priority in your life, right? Whatever has your heart is number one priority. And so God said, Jesus says, I'm gonna start with your heart. I want you to love me with all of your heart. I want you to love me with all of your soul. Your soul is your innermost parts. 
okay? It's the inside of you. And I want that to be in alignment. I want the inside of you to be in alignment. I want your mind. Wherever your mind is at, that's the thing that you're focused on. I want your mind. And I want your strength. I'm going to add this other one here. Your strength. And, and when we give God, when we love him with our strength, we love him through obedience. Somebody said this, or I love this phrase, that, that obedience is God's love language. The best way to love God is through our obedience. A book called Loving God by Nancy Missler, she said this, to love God then is not an emotional feeling. To love God the way he desires us to love him means to totally give ourselves over to him, to surrender, to relinquish, and to abandon ourselves to him regardless of how we feel, what we think, or what we desire. It means to set aside our life so that his life can come forth from our hearts. God's kind of love. And the reality is you can never fully love someone that you don't know. You can never really fully love somebody until we know them. And that's why Jesus said this. And he says, and this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. You see, if you want to know God, if you want to know who God is, look at his son. Look at his son. Open up your heart to his son. Seek the son through the word and through prayer. Talk to him. Get to know the son. So we talk about, God says, I want you to love me. And he says, I want you to love people with agapeo love. He says this in verse 39. He says, a second command, greatest commandment here, love God. A second command is equally important. Love your neighbor, your spouse, your significant other. Love them as you love yourself. Did you, did you notice the order? Again, I want to go back to the order. Love God. Love others. Love God first. Love others second. I've discovered in my life that when I have no problem loving God, I have this overwhelming love for people. How many of you ever noticed that before? But I, I know when I try to love people without loving God, I'm just not good at it. Something's missing. God wants us to have order. Everybody say, in order. In order. And he says, so, so what does this look like? 1 Corinthians 13, we know what, what it looks like. What is God's love when we love others? What does it look like? Well, in action, we see in 1 Corinthians, the love chapter, Paul says it's like this. Love is not. Everybody say, love is not. Love is not irritable. It's not jealous. It's not boastful. It's not proud. And it's not rude. So stop being rude. Stop being mean, because that's not what love is. Love does not. Everybody say love does not. Love does not demand its own way. It does not rejoice about when bad things happen to other people. Love does not keep score. I know I stepped on toes on that one. Does not keep score. Love is. Everybody say love is. Love is, Paul tells us that love is patient, it's kind, 
It rejoices with the, whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Love is always hopeful. And it endures through every circumstance. That's the kind of love I'm looking for. That's the kind of love that I need to live. That's the kind of love that God gives to me and he wants me to give and share with others. You see, loving people God's way is not based on a feeling. It's choosing to live out God's truth in action. Can I say that one more time? Loving people God's way is not based on a feeling. We've got to get away from feelings. That's not, that's not what God's love. The feelings come as a result of it, okay? But it's not like, well, I'll start loving you when you make me feel nice, when you, feel, when you make me feel good. No, 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 I'm gonna love you unconditionally. That is God's love. Nancy Misler tells a story of a woman who knew that God wanted her to stay in her marriage. Let me say that one more time. She tells a story. This woman is in a difficult marriage. And God is telling her, no, it's not time for you to break away from your marriage. Her husband had no longer loved her, and he used every opportunity he could to let her know this. He did all that he could to make her life miserable, but God was not releasing her from this marriage. She thought to herself she could have been much happier choosing to get out of the situation. If she could just get away from him, life would be easier. Some even told her to get out of the relationship, yet she knew God had not given her permission to leave. I'm not saying that's for everybody's situation, okay? So hear me. This woman was more concerned about doing God's will than she was about her own happiness. Years later, years later, God got a hold of this man's heart and completely changed her heart. She didn't try to change her husband. She just chose to love her husband, to forgive her husband, and to bless her husband. And God changed her heart. He, re he repented publicly for how he had treated his wife. And now this couple is living the ever after marriage. God's love. God's love. I believe this happened because she chose to love God first. That's the only way you can survive a marriage like that is to love God first. And through God's love, you love the other second. Love God, love people. So based on what Jesus tells us on order, I wanna share some advice to two people groups today. And I got this, these insights from a book by, the, uh, by uh, Greg Rochelle. I'm not remembering the name of it, but he, he presented these ideas to him. So I wanna to talk to the two people groups that are here today. I wanna to talk, first of all, to the singles, all those people who are single that are here today. And, and here's, I wanna give some advice, all right? And, and, and this is from Greg Rochelle. Here's the first piece of advice, the best piece of advice that I could give to the singles that are here today. My advice to you is to seek the one as you prepare for number two. Everybody get that? 
Put your focus on number one. And as you do that, that will prepare you for number two. Number two. During the waiting, again, when you're single and you're like, ah, I just want to be with somebody. Where is the one? What if we made God the one? What if we made him the one? During your waiting, seek God and not a spouse. Seek God and not a spouse. Make God your first priority while you prepare for the ever after relationship. I believe that if if you want a godly marriage tomorrow, you need to live a godly life today. If you want a godly marriage tomorrow, you need to start living that godly life today. You know, I, I talked to a lot of people today and, you know, people just talk about, you know, where they are in their relationships. And I've talked to so many people like, yeah, I hear you, pastor. I know about the God thing that you're sharing with me. But man, you know, they, they kind of explained to me, but I don't want to miss out. You know, I don't want to miss out on what the world has for me. And you're like, oh, I know, Pastor, I know you're right, but I don't want to miss out on anything. I don't want to miss out on Mr. Right, you know? I don't want to miss out on the one. And so, you know, one of these days, I'll I'll get my life right with God. And you know what this turns into? This evolves into, this eventually leads that person to what I call the land of regrets. Some of you are here today, and that was your attitude then, and now you're living in the land of regrets I heard a story about this girl growing up. She had a deep relationship with God, and she loved Jesus with all her heart, soul, mind, and strength. But then she went off to college, and all her friends were having a good time, and I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss anything here. And and so she started going to this party and participating in that event, and all of a sudden, She's kind of given herself to this guy, and she's given herself to that guy. And, she, you know, and her mom would begin to talk to her about the same thing. And, and she's like, Mom, I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out. Well, so, so she's kind of living that lifestyle. And then she meets this guy on campus. And, oh, she's everything that she ever dreamed of. And he's a godly man. And this, this guy loves Jesus with all her heart, soul, and mind. And she's drawn to that, and she's attracted to that. And, she, and so she goes to tell her mom, and she, Mom, I think I met this guy. You know, I'm not sure how he feels about me. But I asked her, you know, what do you think, Mom? And, and Mom responded and said, listen, sweetheart, I love you so much, but I just don't see it. What do you mean, Mom? What, 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 what is it that you don't see? She says, sweetheart, A guy like that is not looking for a girl like you. You see, a godly marriage starts in your heart today. It starts in your heart today for what God has for you. It starts in your heart today before you start dating anyone. A godly marriage starts, I'm talking to you singles, a godly marriage starts right here, right now. And you're like, well, I don't even have a boyfriend, I don't have a girlfriend. It starts right here, right now, in your heart. So in other words, I challenge you all singles, become the type of person that you want to marry someday. 
What if we made that our commitment? I'm going to become, by pursuing the number one, I'm gonna become the person that I wanna marry someday. In Matthew chapter six, the disciples were worried about the future. They were worried about food. They were worried about clothing. They were worried about shelter. Matthew chapter six, it's all about worry. If you're here today and you're worrying, worrying about the future, worrying about these things. And, and I know sometimes we have worries, right? And if, when you're single, you have worries. You have worries about, well, who am I gonna marry? And, and how many kids are we gonna have? And, and where are we gonna live? You, you start thinking about these things. And like, come on, Lord, come on, send that person to me. But Jesus challenges them. And he challenges us today. He says, why are you so worried? Why are you so focused on these things? And Jesus says, instead, everybody say instead. I'm gonna give you a different alternative. Instead of worried about all these things, what if, just what if, you would seek the kingdom of God above all else? Just what if you did that? And what if you lived righteously and, and he will give you everything that you need when we seek him first? So what if, what if, the, what if we did this? What if instead of seeking the things of this world or seeking what everybody else has or seeking out a spouse, what if we begin to seek our time? What if we spend our time seeking a walk with God? What if we spend our time now, I'm going to pursue God. Instead of pursuing a husband, instead of pursuing a, a, a wife or a spouse, I'm going to pursue God instead. I'm going to pursue the will of God. The will of God. God, what is it? Whatever you want in my life, that's what I want too. I'm going to follow your will. I've been following my will for too long. I'm going to follow your will. And I'm going to follow the ways of God. The ways of God. In other words, I'm going to live God's way and not my mind, not my own. So if you want a godly relationship for your future, then seek a relationship with God today. Second, I want to talk to the married couples. Married couples, raise your hand. Married couples out there, I'll talk to you for, for just a moment. The greatest piece of advice that I could give to you is to seek the one alongside of your two. Married couples, seek God. And as you seek God, do it with your spouse. Seek God with your spouse. Too often we look to our spouse to fulfill us as the one, and we only get disappointed. You see, your spouse is completely incapable of meeting all your needs. You will never have the happily ever after marriage until God is your one and your spouse is your two. So what does this look like? I was reading through the Psalms and Psalms chapter one instructs us for how to have a blessed life. That word blessed means to be better off, to be better off. And it says, and, and so what if we were to apply Psalm chapter one to our marriage? Listen to what Psalm chapter one says here. Blessed Better off is the one, better off is the marriage who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Better off is the marriage that, that is, I'm not gonna do relationship the world's way. I'm not gonna do marriage the world's way. I'm just not gonna do that. I've seen, those people are miserable. I'm not gonna do it that way. 
Instead, verse two, but whose, whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night together. Better off is the couple who seek God together every day. Verse three, that person or that marriage is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, it prospers. I love that vision, that vision of that tree that is flourishing. That's the vision I wanna have for my marriage. I, I wanna have a vision of a marriage that has a strong foundation that's built upon the rock of Jesus Christ. I wanna be in, that, in a marriage where we are constantly being fed by the Holy Spirit that is healthy and that is fruitful. We are working together in the ministry of God to bless other people. This is the ever laugh after marriage I believe all of us are seeking, right? We want it to be fruitful. We want it to be healthy. We want it to be flourishing. Can I just, can I give you some just, I, I think sermons like this, when you talk about relationships, we need practical steps. Can I, I want to give you some practical steps this morning. Whether you are single, whether you're, well, I'm sorry, married couples, I'm just talking to you here. I would tell you this, married couples, number one, seek God individually. Best thing you can do for your marriage is to seek God individually. No, seek him in the word and seek him in prayer. Second thing I would tell you to do is seek God together to start your day. So 15, 20 years ago, my wife presents to me this idea. Hey, got this crazy idea. What if we started our mornings every day in prayer? What if we just prayed for each other before we left for our day? Me being the pastor, the youth pastor that I was, you know, being mature and everything, I wasn't always so consistent in that. But I had a consistent wife who put God first and then wanted to put her spouse second and like wanted that to happen in our marriage. So each and every day before she would leave and then when I was doing my workout, doing my routine, she would come like, hey, hey, I'm ready to go now. And I'm like, okay, well, I hope you have a good day. No, we're gonna pray. And we begin to pray together. It is amazing how difficult it is to be upset with somebody the rest of the day after you've just prayed with them, after you've prayed blessings over them. I would say that has done more for our marriage than anything, right? Is that tradition? We have that, and we do that almost every single day. We pray for each other. What if you, married couples, were to just take five minutes, three minutes, and you don't rush through it, but you hug and hold your spouse and you pray blessings over their life. Family Life Marriage Survey of Christian Couples in 2015, they said this, less than 8% of Christian couples pray together on a regular basis. Less than 1% of Christian couples divorce when they pray together regularly. Did you hear that? Less than 1% get a divorce when they pray together. I like that. There was a male nurse, I heard the story of a male nurse who worked in hospice care and he saw this gentleman who come in to, to carefully take care of his bride each and every day. They'd been married 70 years. And she was neither with him emotionally 
mindfully she was not there. And he was just so blown away to see this man come in faithfully every single day. And he said to this man, he says, I want what you have in my marriage. How how did you get this? How, How do you get that kind of love? And he says, every day we were faithful together in prayer. You're looking for a marriage that's ever after? What if you sought God individually? And what if you sought God together? What if you would seek God for each other throughout your day? Pray for each other. What if you would seek God together in church weekly? Let me read these benefits of going to church weekly. Just as you are today, those who are watching online, let me read this to you. The survey said that uh, highly religious couples enjoy happier marriages and more sexual satisfaction, men than less religious mixed or secular couples. Churchgoers not only experience more personal satisfaction, but also rate their sex partners as extremely enjoyable, significantly more than other demographics. Married couples who attend church once a week together had the most enjoyable and most frequent sex. Consistent church attendance is one of the greatest ways to reduce odds of adultery. Weekly attendance reduces the odds by at least half. Just half. What if, just what if, in our relationships, we we all have that vision of the relationship that is ever after, happily ever after. But maybe it's out of order. What if we would commit ourselves to seek him first? 